0: I'm Sophia. I'm an organizational psychologist and a career and life coach. I want to help people to build the lives that they want to have and the careers that they want. In this podcast, I talk about big topics that help us to develop more meaning and purpose in our lives and our careers and maximize our potential. Always remember life is too short to be unhappy at work and start before you are ready just like i'm doing you will learn and you will figure it out on the way i want to tell you something i have a vision i have been reflecting on my values and what is important to me in life and it comes down to three things I will explain why I'm telling you this. The first thing that I value in life is the environment and sustainability and protecting animals. I cannot bear how the value of human experience is placed above the value of animals, wildlife and our planet. I also really care about equality. So people having equality of opportunity one example is the fact that women are oppressed and anchored into situations that trap them in every corner of the globe, including Europe. And the third thing that is important to me is belonging. This is why I published the podcast on loneliness, the podcast episode on loneliness, As humans, we have an intrinsic evolutionary need to belong. And I know what it feels like to be alone, to feel alone, and to not belong. The singular most important part of the human experience is to connect in a meaningful way with others. And as I explained in the last episode, we've never been so connected yet disconnected. Our sense of belongingness is at risk and it has faded. Some of us do not have a sense of belongingness and I know what that feels like. I've been thinking, life in the Western world is centred in some ways about self-promotion, about success, about being the one that makes it, being noticed as the one that makes it. And this stems from other evolutionary needs, which are to feel wanted, to feel important, our egotistical nature. It's natural, it's a part of human experience. But as this podcast gains traction, which it is, I really want to bring people with me. The fear of rejection, which fuels an inability to be open and connect with others, which keeps us small and in the shadows. This is my experience. And I know this is the experience of so many others who have the biggest hearts, so much kindness to give, so much compassion for the world with powerful values and so much talent. And they feel alone, overlooked, unworthy, not attractive enough, lacking opportunity. And what do they need? They don't need people to like their selfies. They need connection and community, which is, in my opinion, the greatest deprivation in our society. So whilst I do not have the full answers, I want to create something that brings these people together to identify the people who are in the same boat, the boat that I was in. And I don't want this to be about self-promotion. I want to help. So this is my vision. I haven't figured out the logistics. But the law of attraction is a thing. So I have projected my vision out to the universe in the belief that some ideas and solutions and people will show up to make that vision a reality somehow. So just bear in mind when you listen to my podcast, I want to help. I just want to tell you how excited I am for this podcast. The people I have lined up for interview on this podcast make me feel so excited. There's also possibility for some partnerships happening which I will keep on the down low until they are a fish. But I'm also in discussion with um, some business leaders a few of which are young so completely relatable. Another is a young woman she is incredibly relatable. She was earning good money in a good job but decided to sack it in and pursue her own passion and she's now built a successful business and is doing really well. We can learn so much from the people that I'm going to be interviewing and I'm also going to be speaking with people who are academically successful and who are operating across industries now. One person I have in mind has a title of doctor and a PhD in organizational psychology. They will bring subjects alive that will enable us to have more information to reach our own potential. I honestly cannot tell you how excited I am. Put yourself out there, and it is incredible what will come to you that matches how you feel inside. But it does take the courage of putting yourself out there first. That's the learning. And also, some more learning for you. Surround yourself with people that inspire you, that are further along than you, people who have more knowledge and more experience than you. As Stephen Bartlett puts it, the people that are out of your league. I promise you it will bring the best out of you. You will learn things you never thought you would. The path of your potential in front of you will increase to even higher levels. I am a great believer in surrounding yourself with people that are better than you at something, that inspire you, that energise you, that challenge you. It's those environments where you will find the better version of yourself. And also just note that we don't always need to be progressing upwards. We can take sideways moves and learn things just for fun. When I talk about maximising our potential on this podcast, this can just mean becoming a slightly better version of yourself who is happier, learning something, and someone who is feeling more comfortable in their own skin. So bear that in mind when I talk about reaching our potential. I just want to say a massive thank you to my early listeners, the first few hundred that are listening to my episodes now. Your support is everything. And do you know what? Good for you backing the underdog. I am an underdog and I'll explain how in this episode and I also, I wonder if you are backing me because you're also an underdog and if you are, I hear you. I just want to mark this moment and acknowledge you guys as my early listeners because this podcast is growing and I think it'll keep growing and I want to recognise you as the early supporters the ones who have been with me since the start so thank you for your support I'm doing it for you guys the feedback in terms of how this has helped some of you is so important to me as I keep saying I want to create something that genuinely helps people so the more practice and research I can do for this podcast the more helpful it will be to people what makes this podcast special is that we're going to be hearing from we will hear from people who haven't made it to the ultimate top yet the ones who are in the struggle with their heads down working through the big challenges that we are all facing now and the ones that later on will make it to me that's who we need to hear from and it's who we don't hear enough from so keep listening and Let's see what we can learn from them. In this episode, I want to talk about self-confidence. In my last job, I was tasked to design and develop an effective leadership development program to develop the leaders of an NHS organization. What was the number one challenge that these leaders came to me to discuss? It was confidence. They would say to me so often, I just want to be like this. I want to have more impact. I know what I need to do but I cannot seem to do it. And when push comes to shove, I don't step up. And I'm, I just, I don't be the bold person that I need to be in that meeting. And I don't be the person that my team needs me to be. Self-confidence was the number one development need for the entire leadership population. And self-confidence and self-belief is something that's important to all of us. And so many of, of us struggle with this. It affects men and women in all stages of their careers. And I recently realised that it affects men as much as women, but it is much more likely to be spoken about with regards to women. Let me give you an example. There's many men who are high on the personality trait of agreeableness, who lack self-confidence. They may have the belief in themselves, like many of us, that they are good enough, but put them in a power dynamic where they are the inferior person in the room in terms of status or put them in a team leadership situation, they can be just as likely as the rest of us to want to appease, to go on into full people-pleasing mode. They came in that room to challenge. They did the preparation and the pep talk to get themselves into a powerful mindset. But when push came to shove and they were in front of the group or powerful people, they watered down their opinion. Softened their stance and it became their priority to please the people in the room and keep them happy. And then, as soon as they walk out the room, they will be so annoyed with themselves that they did not stand their ground and stay true to what they know as the truth. Have we all been there or have we all been there? I hear you. This is not just an issue isolated to women or young women. Women are not more prone to it than men. Women are just more likely to talk about it, which I think can increase the burden on men and marginalize them, as they will probably feel like they're the only guys feeling this way. Some people might look at me and think, I have always been confident, confident enough to at least launch my own podcast and to present to a large group of leaders. You might look at me and think, I've got my shit together. Well, in terms of my confidence, I have come a long way. I am and I feel. Unrecognizable from eight years ago, or even less than that. I had acutely low self esteem, low feelings of self worth, and low confidence. And to be honest, I was painfully shy most of the time. In this episode, I'm going to draw on my own learning, the learning of others, and what the science and research says around confidence and how we build our self belief. Self confidence is a skill that you can learn, happiness is a skill you can learn. And self-belief, you can learn it. First of all, I'll talk about my own genuine story of building my self-confidence. Because I think it will resonate with others. I was the painfully shy kid. The, the overlooked teenager. If I'm honest, I was mocked what felt like constantly by the people around me. It, it was relentless. The banter was based on bringing me down. And when I was younger, when I was wee, I was dominated by other kids. And in so many ways, I've reflected on this. I feel like I grew up in the shadows. And do you know what? I'm so grateful for these experiences in many ways because I cannot see where else I have gotten my unrelenting drive to do more with my life from. I literally have a relentless fire in my belly. And initially it was about proving myself. And in some ways it still is. And that's fine. But I have such a drive to do something with my life, to do more, to keep learning, to keep getting better, keep progressing. And I think it comes from the impact of what those experiences throughout my teenage years had on my self-worth And the impact of these social traumas was that social situations terrified me. And in many ways, they still do. I was so anxious. I was way too anxious to dance at parties. God, I never danced. The first time I started dancing around others, even around my family, was liberating and a massive step forward for me. But I felt terror if the heads turned to me around the table. It still makes me nauseous. I, f- I f- actually feel terror sometimes if people look at me. So I still get nervous. Before I spend time with a group of people, sometimes in the process of getting ready, I can feel myself getting sweaty. It turns into some form of extreme physiological stress reaction. So if I ever show up and you're like, what's going on with her? It's because I've literally been lear- losing the plot before, <laughs> before I arrive at the pub. Confidence is not something we are born with. Confidence is a skill, it's a muscle, a technique you can practice with. You have to build your own confidence. It comes down to pushing yourself, putting yourself into uncomfortable situations, forcing yourself into situations and you either sink or swim. Either way you learn and you will get better. My first tip to build confidence is to build evidence of your capabilities evidence is what improves your confidence building evidence that you can do it that you have been here before and you survived my advice for you is that start small take the first few small steps tiny steps and see how it feels then use that as evidence to bolster your own confidence and worth. You can do it by the small incremental steps. The overall big picture and plan that might take you years, but my goodness, at least you're doing something now. And the evidence that you've achieved something counteracts the negative narrative that you tell yourself that you're not good enough, that this sort of thing is for other people. I'm stuck where I am and I can't get out and well you can and by taking those three new steps you're providing more evidence to yourself that you can. This absolutely applies to me in terms of where I am now and what I'm working on. I can see that I'm capable of building my long-term ambitions and creating the career that I want because I have a plan and I've ticked off about 15 actions on that plan. And the overall goal feels so ginormous and scary and out of reach. But so what? I've ticked off 15 of the actions. That means I can tick off a thousand more. So why can't I achieve the big goal over the longer term? Even if it takes me one year, two years, five years. It's about proving to yourself that you can make progress. My second tip to build confidence is fake it until you become it. This technique genuinely works. I'm evidence of this. When I was in my early 20s, my dad said to me, you might not feel confident, but just act confident, even if you're dying inside. Your body language, posture, eye contact, and expression on your face is absolutely everything. It sends subliminal messages to the people who are looking at you. So a good tip, before you walk into the room, or, and when you are in the room, Walk with your head as close to the top of the door as possible and then smile. Your energy will be entirely different to someone who's looking down to their side or struggling to make eye contact. There's a lot of research behind the power of postural feedback. Power posing, physically making yourself larger, taking a few minutes before a big moment. To stand in a powerful position with your arms on your hips, your shoulders back with deep breaths, take a deep breath, breathe in for four counts, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. And just taking one breath can make an enormous difference. Amy Cuddy, who is a social psychologist, evidenced a lot of the research behind this. That we can become more powerful and confident by adopting a high power pose regardless of our actual confidence levels and how we feel inside. She argues that these poses affect our endocrine system. By increasing testosterone and increasing cortisol levels, we can feel a sense of dominance and leadership. Another physical method is the high-five technique, which is actually founded by Mel Robbins. This is about literally high-fiving yourself in the mirror once a day at the start of your day. It has been proven by neuroscience to change the relationship that you have with yourself. As you see the person in the mirror as a person that has got your back, it has been proven to immediately boost your mood and also it's been known to get people out of places of depression. Mel Robbins has spoken a lot about how the majority of people start their days with self-rejection. 50% of people cannot even look at themselves in the mirror. This is both men and women. They're either disgusted with their appearance or just the process of looking at themselves can make them feel bad about themselves because of the chaos going on in their lives. And the horrendous fact is that 91% of women do not like how they look. That is the world we live in. I wonder why that is. That is how society makes us feel. So this morning routine with a subconscious program of rejection this is often the source of many people's insecurities. If you start your day with self rejection, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? You're going to look for validation from others. If you cannot look at yourself in the mirror with kindness, love, and support, you will absolutely go out into the world and look for validation, recognition, or some form of approval from others. As Mel Robbins says, you have three core emotional needs to be seen heard and loved for the unique individual that you are. When those emotional needs aren't met it's not only a form of neglect but you feel unloved, invisible and unfulfilled. This links to self-belief. How important is it to believe in yourself? It turns out that it is incredibly important and the research on the impact of self-belief is fascinating to me. Self-doubt activates what is called the personal inhibition system which encourages us to take less risks think less creatively think more narrowly and to see people as predators that was literally my experience as a young adult total survival mode self-doubt affects us profoundly and inhibits us in almost every way even physically we can tolerate less pain I remember that actually, I was involved in a pain study during my undergrad, that sounds as bad as it was. On the other hand, thinking of yourself as powerful and feeling better personally activates what is called the behavioural approach system, which creates the opposite experience. Instead of seeing it as a threat, we see it as a challenge to test ourselves. We see a challenge as an opportunity. We see people as allies and collaboratives instead of predators. We feel optimistic rather than pessimistic. This absolutely resonates with me as the latter experience describes my relationship with the world now. And I will be honest, with doing this podcast, I am still battling with my own self-belief. And I'm telling you this because it is so important. There is learning for people here. Even when times get hard, which they will, when people criticise, which they will, when your supporters drop, we have to dig back into our self-belief and keep going. Because it is your ability to keep going that defines you. It is your ability to never give up, to keep getting up, trying and then failing again. It's your resilience during the darker times when no one's looking and you're not liked, you're overlooked. That is what will result in your success in the end. It's very easy to be amazing when things are going amazing. And this is why I'm so excited to be interviewing people who are in the struggle with us. This is what I mean. It is our ability to keep going during the darker times when nobody cares and no one's watching that defines us. What I've learned is that there is so much beauty in the struggle. What I've learned is that you are most connected to yourself, your real self, your true potential in terms of what you are capable of when you are in the struggle. We hold up these goals that motivate us to keep going and achieve something, learn a new skill, get a new job and thank God for those goals. They're the goals that give us the focus and purpose. You don't want it to be easy. We are built to walk uphill. And it's from the uphill climb that we derive our value. So the research says that there is so much positive emotion in the pursuit of goals. It's joyous to be working towards a higher goal. We need goals. To pursue literally a horizon of ever-expanding possibility. And without goals and a purpose to aim for. We become stagnant, lost and aimless. And this is why I felt so demoralized, untethered and drained when I lacked goal clarity, as I talked about in the second episode, I had enormous drive so much to give, but I just didn't have clarity of a goal and it is a a tough place to be. And it is common. In fact, my friend the other day was just saying she struggles with the same thing. There is beauty and purpose in the grind as you strive for these goals. And in terms of self-belief and how we feel about ourselves, why are you comparing yourself to people that you don't even know? Why do they matter? Or why are you comparing to people that you do know? They don't have your story. They don't have your circumstances. They've not overcome what you've overcome. The only thing that matters is that you are doing 0.01% better than yesterday only compete with and compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. Because if you keep comparing yourself to the person that's already built the successful business or the person whose audience has grown, you'll feel disappointment in yourself when in reality you should be chuffed with yourself that you showed up, you decided what you needed to do and you made a blooming good attempt at it and you've learnt something or you've made a tiny bit of progress since yesterday. And it's useful and helpful to voice your insecurities when you feel them. My third tip for confidence and self-belief is that writing in a journal can be an incredibly powerful process to get your thoughts and feelings out on a page and leave them there. Writing about how you are, where you are, this can really help you process and move beyond where you are now. I personally think and talking from personal experience, journaling accelerates our progress and captures our learning. It's a conscious process of mapping what is going on for you. And it can often show you the way, where you are now versus where you want to get to. You will be surprised about what becomes clear for you if you journal. And talking to someone that you trust also helps. It's so powerful because you can take the power away from your insecurities by discussing them. If you let things fester uncontrolled, they can take control over your thoughts, feelings and behaviours. Confidence and belief in yourself is really important. You have to believe in yourself or no one else will. Let's be real for a moment. It's unlikely that you will be spotted. No one's going to come up to you and say, you're talented, you have something amazing to give, but you're just not giving it. God, no. People are too wrapped up in their own pressures and stresses in their own lives to notice that in you or to take the time to say it or to create the opportunity that you need. So you must, you must believe in yourself. So what do you do if you're currently working Monday to Friday, long hours, and you know you've got something. You know there's way more to you than your current job. You have a bigger gift for this world. There is more you can contribute. But you just cannot bring yourself to say it out aloud to anyone. So it feels unrealistic, unreachable, and too far away from your current circumstances. I have a suggestion to make I suggest that you go through this process with me as I go through it I'm currently taking these bizarre new steps into a new world through this podcast and I'm, be- I'm being bolt I'm-, I'm stepping out with my comfort zone why don't you do it with me take one step this week just take one small step Let yourself be inspired by others who are experimenting, trying something out. Take a chance and just take a step. The power of inspiration. I've recently been inspired by others. It is a mindset game changer. It's like the world opens up. It's like you can see a way and you can see your potential it feels amazing to feel inspired and you literally feel like if they can do it I can do it if they can do it you can do it so the first step could be building the plan to achieve your long term goals gathering that evidence let me know what step you took how it felt and it's okay if it doesn't go to plan if you mess it up or if people don't like it it just doesn't land that's okay take what learning you can from it and then plan out your next step keep going Resilience and grit are well supported, strong predictors of success. In the research it has been found that resilience is what distinguishes those who will get to chief executive position to those who won't. This quality of grit is central to long-term success and grit is the ability to persevere, work hard and keep going when things get tough, overcoming each challenge as they come. Also. Failure is essential. The learning you get from failing is essential to success. Failure is a fantastic learning opportunity. As I said before, you're not going to learn who you truly are when things are going all in your favour and things are going swimmingly. You will become the most connected you've ever been to yourself in the harder times. You'll find out who you really are then. So let me know what your first wee steps are what you're gonna try and let's do this together there's also something about the power of language also what's important are our thoughts the thoughts you choose to believe in your head an amazing quote that has stuck with me the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another we think we feel and then we act that is how we operate An example of a study that evidences the impact of our thoughts is as follows. There were two groups of participants. The first group needed to do a stressful task and they had to watch a film that was quite pleasant, had comedy parts in it, not really stressful content in that film. And then there was another group who watched sad or dark footage whilst doing a stressful task. Those who watched the comedy film recovered significantly more quickly from seeing something distressing in terms of heart rate and blood pressure. So positive framing can have a massive impact on stress and positive emotions. Positive emotions lead to more expansive and creative thinking. In fact, The research says that the ratio of positive to negative emotions needs to be three to one during a typical day. This is when we flourish. The frequency of positive emotions is more important than the intensity. So what does that mean for us? If we are regularly programming our mind with unhelpful beliefs about ourselves, we need to frame our mind with three positive beliefs about ourselves to feel okay. So it's a ratio of positive to negative emotions. It needs to be three to one. So try to explore your own unhelpful thinking patterns, capture them in your journal. This can help get them out of your system and help you decide which patterns you want to combat. Reflect on the emotions you experience throughout the day. Remember, we think, we feel, and we act. That's how we operate. So our thoughts influence how we feel. And our feelings influence our behavior. The National Science Foundation published that the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Of those thoughts, 80% are negative and 95% are exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the day before. So most of our thoughts are old thoughts. We have clear patterns of thoughts. Many of us will think on a daily basis that we're not good enough, that we're unliked, that we're unlovable, that we're not wanted, that we're not attractive enough. Our bodies aren't good enough. It's clear that the quality of our existence rests on the quality of our thoughts. Neurolinguistic programming highlights the impacts that our language can have on how we feel and those around us and talking from experience the language you use what you say the thoughts you allow to stay they they have the power to shape your mood for the entire evening so really and a real example here when i think of a negative thought i've got to the point where i can where i can see i've got two options here i either dismiss and remind myself that I am not my thoughts and my thoughts will pass. Or my second option is that I articulate that thought. So I will, ju- I will say, I'm feeling really rubbish because you're like this and you do this. And then I notice when you establish that thought, you've articulated that thought, it will shape your mood for the rest of the evening. So keeping yourself in check around these things is your responsibility. And it's really powerful. It can genuinely define whether you're going to have a nurturing, restorative night or a really stressful, anxiety provoking night where you are peeved off. And also, as I said before, take care of what you watch, take care of what you're taking in on social media, on Netflix. It is proven to impact your mood and your happiness. As Henry Ford says, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. I love that quote. And what is confidence? Confidence is about your beliefs. It's not about your actual ability to succeed. It's about your beliefs about your ability to succeed. It's about your belief in your ability to do the bigger job. Your belief in your ability to do the public speaking. Your belief in your ability to lead that team. We define ourselves by the stories that we tell ourselves. And from my experience, what I can see from the people who I've interacted with throughout my life, our stories can be so narrow. We pick up labels and narratives about ourselves based on early childhood experiences. Based on how people interacted with us in our early lives. And we live and die by these stories and these labels. I'm awful at maths. I cannot run. I cannot change. I am terrible at art. This is part of the natural human experience. We all do this. But what this does is it keeps us disconnected from our potential, our hidden potential, our latent potential. And our potential is enormous, incredible, and infinite. As I've mentioned previously, as a business psychologist, we study potential. I adore this subject of what constitutes human potential. So I am I will do a podcast episode on this. As, so a tip, a technique to help combat our self-limiting beliefs because they literally are that. They are genuinely limiting. So my tip is focus on what you want. What you focus on, what you put your attention on amplifies in your reality. If you focus on the things that make you anxious, you become more anxious. Like I said before, The greatest deterrent against stress is your ability to choose one thought over another. So focus on what you want to achieve. Those goals I talked about, how motivating, the positive emotions those goals can create for you. Focus on things that inspire you, that will make you feel more focused, more productive, more powerful. Framing and mindset is everything. So I've talked about a whole bunch of tips and techniques based on the research of confidence and self belief. The single most powerful way to build confidence is to act with the confidence you aspire to have. Act as if you already possess the confidence you aspire to have. Do the talk, reach out, take the challenge, push yourself, exit your comfort zone. Fake it until you become it. Confidence is a skill you can learn. Focus on finding your goal clarity. There's so much fulfillment and motivation in the pursuit of goals and positive emotion, positive experience that will help distract your mind from the self-limiting beliefs and and help you gather evidence about what you really can achieve, your true potential, and create evidence to combat your self-beliefs, those narrow stories you tell about yourself. Smile, act confident, even when you're dying on inside, over time, slowly, it will take years, you, you will start to feel more relaxed. Try the high-five technique. Challenge a high-five yourself in the mirror in the morning and see if you can do it without smiling or see if you can do it without feeling that tiny wee boost that you just feel inside yourself. Honestly, you've got to do it. And keep a journal. Log your insecurities and in your learning. It will accelerate your growth. And if you prefer talking, get a coach. And I seen this post on LinkedIn the other day by Stephen Bartlett. If you're considering a career change, but you're worried about taking a step backwards, remember this. It's better to lose the past two years of progress than to waste the next 20. And there is my fourth podcast episode. For those that want to know what it's like to make a podcast I honestly think it's both incredibly easy and incredibly insanely hard you can literally buy an epic microphone for 60 quid and you can learn the techie side of the editing even though it can be a nightmare but my goodness the content the thinking The recording itself, the editing, the publishing, the marketing, the confidence, the timing, the energy it takes to think up the content, to think about how you position yourself. And there literally has to be zero background noise. And I have a Dalmatian puppy who is the size of a horse. Just earlier today, I was working and I I could feel the walls vibrating. So I went downstairs to see that she was digging the sofa up she is so powerful the noise she makes she's like she is literally a spotty horse just whizzing around the place so when I'm recording I'll be saying something and then I just have to like pause mid speech to let the stampede pass and then I can I just continue as if I I just flow get my tone back and flow continue Sophia So I'm compromising my free time to do this and trying to maintain a social life and trying to complete a coaching qualification and coaching real clients. It is seriously hard to do this. I have created a beast. The challenge is now to maintain it, but I will be moving on to record with guests. So that will be an entirely new skill set to interview. And I've conducted interviews in terms of recruiting teams in the past, but I've never recorded an interview to be published. So thank you again. Thank you for listening. I hope that was useful. I did a scan, a broad scan of the research on self-confidence and self-belief, and I picked out the most pertinent issues and techniques that is proven by research to help and talking from my own experience. Remember to take a first step or action for yourself this week. Tell me what you did and how you got on. Give me feedback. You can find me on LinkedIn, Sophia Nichols. So I hope you walk a little bit taller today and I hope you can feel some gratitude for what you have today. Have a brilliant day and thank you for listening.